0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC.
1: So let's rock it. Now, we've seen the devastation that the devastating consequences that categorically ignoring laws has. And we've seen it play out in cities like San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, in New York. I'm quite frankly concerned that Indianapolis is going to become another San Francisco, and I don't want that to happen.
0: That was Marion County Prosecutor Candidate Cindy Carrasco. Prosecutor's debate aired last night on RTV6. My name is Jason Hammer. Mindy Winkler filling in for Big Nige. Now, they recorded this prosecutor's debate. Ryan Mears against Cindy Carrasco uh, two days ago. It was in the morning hours at Warren Central High School, but it aired last night in prime time on RTV6. Rafael Sanchez was the host of that. And again, you heard Cindy Carrasco right there, Mindy her concern is that indianapolis is going to turn out just like some of these liberal hellholes right san francisco chicago la and when i say that i'm not just saying this as you know some partisan or whatever they've recalled the district attorney in san francisco they tried to kick out gascone in los angeles there was a little snafu in the paperwork that prevented that but I can see her point here.
2: Right. Absolutely. Because, well, and right now we are trailing them, particularly San Francisco, in terms of a safe city. They, Chicago, um, New York are above us. What does that say? Right. (laughs) Indianapolis
0: has more homicides per capita than Chicago does. Right. That's a problem. Um, So we're going to play you some highlights in case you missed it last night of this prosecutor's debate. Again, all clips courtesy of WRTV6, Channel 6. They had it on their uh, YouTube page. Um, Rafael Sanchez was the host. And watching this thing last night, my main takeaway was that Ryan Mears, the incumbent, the unelected incumbent, he will blame everybody else but himself it's the court systems it's the judge's fault locusts he's like (laughs) belushi in the blues brothers it's everybody else's fault but his um so let's hear a little bit from uh both candidates here this is cindy carrasco talking about the problem we're having right now with sweetheart plea deals
1: plea deal after plea deal after plea deal that is cut and handed to criminals And I don't mean first-time offenders. I mean violent, repeat offenders. When I look at the news and I hear that someone's been charged with homicide, I look at whether or not they had a history. And nine times out of 10, that person did have a history of violent offenses. And there's a common thread where there's a plea deal that's cut by the prosecutor's office that lets them back out on our streets. That's what I'm concerned with. People who are committing crimes and are continually put on a revolving door to go back home and give them the opportunity to reoffend. That has to stop. We need to make sure that our city streets are safe. And for those multiple violent repeat offenders, plea deals like that must stop.
0: Violent repeat is the key word here, Mindy, because Ryan Mears is going to spin it as, well, she wants to lock everybody up for
2: the rest of their lives. Right, and not give any opportunity for any kind of negotiation. And then she even goes on to say, look, I'm not saying that plea deals are an absolute no-go, but these are some sweet deals that these people are not not doing really any time or very, very little, and they're not really getting any kind of repercussions for their actions.
0: And here is Ryan Mears' response when Rafael Sanchez of our... RTV6 asks him if there are too many of these plea deals.
2: Mr. Mayor, is the office, is your office based on the Chandler's Position. Are you offering too many plea deals?
3: Well, first of all, I want to say I'm proud to work with the deputy prosecutors that I get to work with every single day. They come in and they work hard and they're not political individuals. They all work in the prosecutor's office because they want to make a difference in their community. And I'm grateful for the people that I get to work with each and every single day. The resolutions that you see are more complicated than the headlines you might read in the newspaper. And one of the things that you will see with the deputy prosecutors who work really hard each and every single day is we take on tiff, tough cases. We take on challenging cases. And sometimes you encounter evidentiary problems. Sometimes you encounter witness issues, Uh, but we still move forward and we still proceed in a way that reflects the strength of the case that we're presented with.
0: And okay. I get that. Sometimes a witness doesn't want to talk. Sometimes you run into some evidence issues, but explain to me how literally every single prosecutor that's been in Marion County has had more success prosecuting violent, habitual bad guys than you have.
2: Right. And he. Bl- I loved how he blamed the media. He, sa- he said, don't just listen to what the media is saying. There's a lot more going on. No, there's evidence that you are letting these folks back out on the street. That's- this is what you signed up for. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Listen, it's tough. I agree. It's a tough job, but this is what you signed up for, and this is what you're running for. And this is the part that kind of gets to me, and this was a trend last night. Ryan Mears came off more as a counselor than he did a prosecutor. Listen to his thoughts when the subject of very violent juveniles came up.
1: Are you too soft on youth? Are they getting away
3: with whatever they want to do? First of all, they're not juveniles, they're kids. And the second part of it is when we talk about habitual offenders, kids aren't habitual offenders. Young people aren't habitual offenders. They don't have a criminal record yet. And so the challenge is when you have these intervention points with these kids, what can you do to make a difference in someone's life? It is a sad reality, and it's unfortunate, but we have had to charge uh, young people with murder. And that's something that we're prepared to do. And there are two different paths that you can go on. You know, when you were dealing with kids who are involved in violence, you need to figure out why is that kid involved in violence? What is the motivating factor? And there does have to be consequence. But there's a lot of kids that we come into contact with in the criminal justice system who just need a chance and an opportunity.
0: No, it's not your job to be their parent. It's not your job to be their counselor. It's your job to to be a prosecutor. (laughs) Right. To be a prosecutor. In
2: the name of your title,
0: prosecute. And listen, there are bad kids. Stop with this whole bull crap of, well, they're not juveniles, they're kids, and no kid has a record. My ass. We have, unfortunately, came in here day after day and talked about some pretty heinous crimes committed by kids the age of 14 or younger. Right. So, listen, do I like what's happening with our kids in the city? No. But- It's your job to do the law. You're not their dad. You're not their uncle.
2: You're not their defense attorney. Let their defense attorney worry about that.
0: And this brings us to weed. Now, again, I'm not somebody that feels like if you get busted by weed, you should spend the rest of your life in jail. I get that. I understand that. Violent people need to be behind bars. But the rationale that Ryan Mears gives as to
3: why he wants to do this
0: kind of rubs me the wrong way.
3: Uh, we made the decision not to prosecute simple possession of marijuana because we saw who used marijuana and we saw who ended up in our criminal justice system. And without question, it disproportionately impacted people of color. When we see injustice like that, we're going to act and we're going to act swiftly. Otherwise, we're part of the problem.
0: So it's not because he feels like weed should be legal or it's a minor crime. It's, well, too many people of color have been arrested, so we should probably stop prosecuting this. That's the rationale. Right. Like of all the angles to play on weed, <laughs> Here, <laughs> yes. Right. Like, and listen, I think there's a middle ground where a lot of us can say, you're right. If you get busted for a little bit of weed, slap on the wrist, pay a fine. Let's move on here. Right. But to say it's just because, well, too many African-Americans have been arrested because of weed so what happens when it becomes something more serious what happens if it becomes a more violent thing well we're arresting too many black people or too many white people so we're gonna have to change the way that we do things right what the hell is that the law is the law thank you (laughs) uh and speaking of the law again mindy winkler filling in for big nige red flags you knew that was going to come up in the debate last night uh Ryan Mears completely dropping the ball on the red flag case that allowed the FedEx shooter to maintain a weapon and go into FedEx and execute lots of innocent people. This is Cindy Carrasco talking about red flag laws.
1: It's also important to focus our efforts on prevention. And the red flag law is one of those tools, one of those critical tools that the prosecutor directly can use to prevent tragedies. Now what happened at FedEx could have been prevented had the prosecutor's office actually done a filing that would have potentially stopped the shooter from purchasing the guns. Because of that failure, eight people lost their lives. Samaria Blackwell will never go home and seven others will not. The prosecutor's office has to focus on using every single tool, every law on the books, just like that red flag law, so that people don't fall through the cracks, so that cases don't fall through the cracks. And we have to try. The prosecutor's office didn't even try in this case.
0: So this was Ryan Mears' response. And I want you to listen to this because this sounds like a guy that is using the prosecutor's office as a stepping stone to run for mayor. (laughs) This is a guy that wants to be the mayor so bad he can taste it, like he can't wait to get out of the prosecutor's office. He screwed this up. This
3: is his response. Uh, taking the gun away in that initial instance uh, is a good first step, but there has to be follow-up in terms of what can we do to try to help get that person into the type of resources that they need that will ultimately make a difference. Right now, we're just labeling people, and those labels don't make our community safer. What we need is a committed mental health uh, court, which is able to offer these types of resources to individuals, and as a requirement of the red flag law, if you do have a finding under the red flag law, there has to be some sort of follow-up treatment that an individual has to participate in
0: no you have to do your job it right. starts with that we could talk about all these other steps of okay what happens after we actually do our jobs here right. we'll have that conversation but this clown basically ignored it and what happened eight people died at fedex because he was too lazy to do his job again he doesn't want to be a prosecutor. He wants to be something bigger and better. He wants to be the mayor one day, and it's obvious the way he runs his office. Now, if you're somebody that lives on the west side of Indianapolis, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're an independent, I want to get your thoughts on this because Ryan Mears' solution to the homeless problem downtown, the rowdy homeless problem, Well, we talk about this all the time. Even Guy Relford has been accosted by the homeless folks down here on the circle. His plan is just to take them all to these hotels over by the airport and uh, we'll go from there.
3: Let's just tackle the issue of homelessness right now. I think there's a concrete solution that we can have with people who are looking for housing. Uh, There are a number of hotels on the west side by the Indianapolis airport where instead of doing the traditional prosecution, what we need to do is when we have interactions with those individuals, we need to say, hey, we would prosecute you for this crime, but this is what we're willing to offer you. We'll put you up in this hotel and we'll put you out of here. We'll take you out of the downtown area and we'll get you involved in the services that you need. Uh, We can have a public defender appointed. We can have a judge involved in the process to monitor that individual and those are the types of things that number one are going to clear up some of the issues downtown but also uh, offer services and help to the individuals uh, that we too often see downtown i think that's one concrete thing that we can do that's pretty simple for us to put together
0: so the solution is to basically bus all of the mean homeless people downtown to some of these airport hotels.
2: Has he talked to the hotel industry about this first? I'm sure they're like, wait, what? And I'm, sh-
0: <laughs> I'm sure the airport loves that, too. <laughs> right. It's a state of the art airport. It's a first class airport. It wins awards after awards. Business travelers are coming in from all over the country and they're. <laughs> Probably gonna to wanna to stay in a hotel close to the airport and now they're gonna be embedded with violent, rowdy, homeless dudes. <laughs> exactly. This is unbelievable.
2: And I, I can I be part of that? I want I want a cleaning person every day and uh, it's, I mean, jeez.
0: And lastly here, this is both candidates on the safety of downtown.
1: Our reputation that our city, that our downtown is not safe, is not good for business. It's not good for Marion County, and it's not good for our city.
3: First of all, downtown is safe. (laughs) Uh, Downtown is safe. Okay. These talks and these conversations that we've had about what can we do to provide better opportunities for our homeless folks is something that we've been doing for the last three years. Uh, We haven't seen a lot of cooperation from the state. uh, And so that's one of the things that we're working on is to see what we can do to devote more resources to individuals uh, who want to help and want to make a difference because these programs do cost money.
0: So he's claiming he's not getting a lot of cooperation from the state. That's why downtown is not not safe.
2: Let's pass the buck again. It's right. Not his fault. <laughs> so.
0: so the FOP doesn't want anything to do with this guy, apparently. Uh the state wants nothing to do with him. Hey, Taylor Swift, maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you're the problem here. Maybe if you were tougher at your job and actually did your job, more people would be apt to work with you. The FOP has worked with Democratic prosecutors before. They did so with Terry Curry, but Ryan Mears, on the other hand, he doesn't want to prosecute. He wants to be a counselor. So those were some highlights of the debate that aired last night on RTV6. Again, if you want to check that entire thing out for yourself, I believe they got it posted on a YouTube link. And Kyle TK Dub, our producer, when I start hearing highlights of debates again, it takes me back to when the pandemic was kind of get rolling and there were a lot of debates about wearing masks. The president is trying to have us cover the mass debate.
2: CBS, Target and Walgreens are getting in on the mass debate. The mass debate now taking center <laughs> stage at local restaurants. It's nine minutes after six now and there's new video of a raging mass debate. Oh! The mass debate hey! in Georgia is getting up. Oh! The great mass debate in West Virginia might soon be coming to an end.
0: This mass debate is far from over.
1: How many <laughs> mass debates have you gotten
2: into? Love <laughs> to hear it. The mass debate was taken to a whole nother level.
0: Okay. tells Pittsburgh's Action News 4, he found himself in the middle of a
2: mass debate <laughs> we'll dive deeper into this pet store mass debate so we're going to begin with this thing we're calling the great mass debate
0: be sure to catch us every weekday three to seven on 93 wybc or subscribe and get it right to your phone